0: Welcome, Bird Gang. On today's show, early impressions, very early impressions of training camp. Two players have stood out, A.J. Green and Robert Alford. Again, it's early and the pads have not been put on yet. Also, minor injuries are going to happen in camp. The key is to avoid major injuries. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 446, and it starts now.
1: So
0: it's really hard to draw conclusions or make any definitive statements to practices into a training camp. And keep in mind, no one is practicing in pads yet. That comes next week. But I'll say this, and really right now, it's more like OTAs and mini camp, Helmets, but no pads. But if you want to know what's going on here at Cardinals training camp powered by Cox, it certainly sounds like there is one player Offensively and one player defensively that has impressed at least early on. And I'm going to keep saying that, but early on in practice or two practices into training camp.
1: And those two guys would be Robert Alford. And I think we all got our fingers crossed. Um, he's getting his hands on the, the football. He's getting nice press coverage in the open portion of practice just on certain drills. So he looks the part, and I know we've talked about, you know, Byron Murphy and what he's accomplished over the last year and his upside, and maybe he's considered the number one corner, but, you know, the Cardinals, when they signed Alford, they were hoping to find the number two next to Patrick Peterson, but he's one of the better corners in camps, and I guess, you know, he's you can't go out there thinking you're going to get hurt. They've been two freak injuries. You know, uh, again, let's just get him to to the regular season, but he looks the part. And then A.J. Green. Um, A.J. Green, he's a lot bigger than I thought. Great route runner, still has the speed, 50-50 balls. Um, and the fact is, is probably since high school, college, and playing in the NFL, he's been the number one receiver. Here he's number two. And he actually admitted and uh, had a conversation with Hopkins, if they want to switch sides sometimes, he, he said that they're both up to it. Obviously, he's got to be approved with the coaching staff, but they're comfortable playing on the outside. But let's just say Hop's lining on the left side. He's on the right. He may draw that second or third corner. And I think he's really good at coming back to the ball. He's good on the 50-50 balls. And if he can get just an edge on you hip-wise running down the field, I'm going to take my chances. Now, I can tell you this, and we talk about Alford and Malcolm Butler and Byron Murphy and Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson in the secondary. Right now, after two days, I don't know if they can cover Rondell more. <laughs>
0: And that is something you like to see. And now when the pads come on and you get a little bit more physical as far as up fronts and you're pressing a little bit, you're getting a, there's a little bit more contact. We'll see just how adapt more is to get off the line of scrimmage. But that's a good observation on your part because that's what we've heard since he was drafted that it's how difficult he has been to cover when healthy. And the issue at Purdue was he was not healthy a lot, but when he is healthy in that first year, that freshman season, he was dynamic not only as a receiver, but a return specialist.
1: Yeah, and you go back to Kingsbury's first year here with the wide receiver core, I mean, you know, Christian Kirk has put together back-to-back good days, his route running, precision, Um, you know, him and Kyler, uh, there's a trust factor. Some of the drills he's throwing the ball down the field, some of the balls are coming over the middle, so again, you, you got to like where they are in the top four, and you know we'll get into the others. And Keyshawn Johnson, I think JoJo Ward, AJ Richardson, obviously Andy Isabella. Some of those guys are on the shelf for for COVID. We'll get into that, but yeah, I mean, I mean they. I know only right now look at two tight ends on the roster, and I've been talking about 11 and 12 personnel. But let's be honest, if they offensive line can protect the edges, uh Kingsbury's going to try to roll four four wide now. It can't be your go-to offense. There's four, uh four-minute drill, get in the field goal range. But I feel that it. sometimes it's four wide receivers and a running back, and now you've got five wide. So they got to cover the blade of the field, 53-and-a-half yards, sideline to sideline. So, again, they only have a couple tight ends. They have six or seven in camp. But I'm saying, though, 11 personnel, three wide receivers, one tight, one back. 12 personnel, two tight, two wide and one running back you go 10 personnel that's usually four wide in a back in the backfield that can protect the quarterback so um, I like the way Kyler's throwing the ball I like the fact that he's taking chances in practice you're not going to complete every pass some of the passes have been uh, intercepted and that's just because he's trying things and that's the time you do it Craig in training camp
0: absolutely and to your point about what Kingsbury wants to do, or at least wanted to do from day one, and that was spread the football field. Get his top playmakers out there, whether that was four wide receivers or five wide receivers. That's what he wanted to do. And I think at least now as we speak near the end of July, he has the talent to do that from the wide receiver position. Now, what happens once we get into the regular season, mid-season, end of the season? Do defenses catch up? Are there some injuries that affect that? But at least right now, and I think the big key, is A.J. Green, who Kingsbury earlier said, quote, has a skill set of a number one receiver. Still, to this point of his career, and I think maybe a little bit of a rejuvenation of that career after several seasons in Cincinnati, now coming to the Cardinals. He certainly looks very happy. He sounded very happy when we had a chance to hear from him earlier, and I think more than anything, he is going to enjoy not being a number one wide receiver, that the attention, the focus is going to be away from him, literally and figuratively, with DeAndre Hopkins on the opposite side.
1: And you look at it. I mean, you know, there was there was a lot of receivers in the draft, and, and the Cardinals obviously, you know, decided that Zavin Collins was the best player on the board, regardless of position, and they wanted obviously improve the inside linebacker play along with Isaiah Simmons. So, um, and they weren't going to go out and spend you know 12 to 14 million on a wide receiver, considering how much Hopkins' ca- contract really explodes the next couple of years. Hopefully, the cap goes up. So. You know, they find a round down more in the second round, and then all of a sudden, people are, oh, when are they going to get a corner? And then they waited, obviously, to day three. They moved around a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, I I couldn't say that with a straight face a couple of years ago that you know they may want to go three and four wide, um, but they just didn't have the personnel. You know, Hopkins wasn't here his first year, so you had you had Larry Fitzgerald, you know, you had J.J. Nelson, you had some other guys, and so. It, Again, it's night and day, and when when the quarterback tells you he's got enough weapons on offense, and and he's talking about the the depth at wide receiver, whether it goes five or six, and he's talking about the two tight ends. Uh, I thought Max Williams made a really good catch in practice. Uh, You could see it on AZCardinals.com, and then you got Darrell Daniels, more blockers, but then you got Chase Edmonds. He's a weapon. He's a weapon. And then the way James Conner could be used. Um, they got some versatility, they got some flexibility on offense, and I think that's what they've been you know, trying to plan over the last couple of years, but now you're starting to see the upside and what this offense can look like. Now, again, it's going to come down to down in distance, cutting down the penalties, the false start stuff, um, but again, I think they can line up right now and feel good where they are. Now, clearly, you still got to get the chemistry and the trust and the timing down at a lot of different positions, but that comes with time and and you got to put the the work in.
0: With the addition of Green, you have something that this team has been missing and that is a tall wide receiver. Whether that's number 1 or number 2, but you look Hopkins is 6-1, Green 6-4 and He mentioned earlier that he's used to catching balls in traffic, not only because he's the number one wide receiver, but maybe it takes one or two defenders to cover him because of his height and his skill set. And I just don't know how much attention – Green is going to get this season, especially early on, MJ, because you know the narrative out there. How much does he have left in the tank? And if you sleep on an A.J. Green, and I think the Cardinals are maybe almost banking on that, especially maybe in the first couple of weeks until stuff gets on film, and all of a sudden maybe everyone floods to Hopkins' side, and there's A.J. Green, there's Christian Kirk in the slot, and all of a sudden Green's numbers might take off early in the year.
1: Well, I mean... Just on paper, I got to think he's going to be target number two. Now Christian Kirk, you know, playing a different position in the slot. Um, You know, he's played there before, but they moved him in and out. And I think he's going to share some time with Rondell Moore. But Christian Kirk, yeah. Um, Like I said, there's nothing he can't do. And just like we talk about J.J. Watt, kind of hit the reset button. Um, You know, last year you know, he played with three different quarterbacks. Uh, some of those throws were, were not on target and he raved about Kyler Murray and the way he throws the football. So, um, you know, he's just got to stay healthy like any other guy, but, um, Um, I know that talking to some of the scouts over the last couple of days, they are thoroughly impressed with A.J. Green and Ron Delmore, and I can give you more names, but as we get through different positions, I'll be able to give you a heads up.
0: Yeah, Green specifically, even back to the most recent episode of Cardinals flight plan, you hear Kingsbury say number 18, and I think when fans get an opportunity to come to State Farm Stadium for Cardinals training camp powered by Cox, you'll focus in on number 18 one because of his hands and then just because he literally stands out among everyone else in that wide receiver drill
1: yeah we talked about this briefly I think the Cardinals do a great job with uh, Derek Spencer our photographer team photographer and he um he had a picture of all three of those guys it was Keyshawn Johnson who was on the field whether a day or two ago um Hopkins had his shirt off, and then you had A.J. Green. First of all, he's a tall drink of water. He's got long legs. He's a he he he's a stride runner, so he takes big strides, and he's able to come back for the ball in the fifty-fifty balls. And to me, I, I mean, I'm not a big uh, you know, throwing that fade in the end zone. The guys like John Brown or something. And obviously, you try it with Larry, but I wouldn't surprise me. You know, you got hop on one side. You can run that quick slant. You got the running back depending on where you are at thirty, three or five yard line. But I would not hesitate throwing that back shoulder fade, where only one guy can catch it. You throw to the outside shoulder, over the over the uh, wide receiver's uh, right shoulder, and the ball should be right there. And if they work on it enough, it, it, it can happen. And I'll take my chances if you want to go in a back shoulder fade uh, from the twenty to the twenty. Green will, he'll box you out like a basketball player playing a uh, power forward.
0: His numbers last season were not good. He played all 16 games, so that's a good sign. But a career low, 523 receiving yards, a career low, two touchdowns. Played with three different quarterbacks. He was asked about that. Would not point the finger at anyone except first and foremost at himself as far as what he could have done better to make the Cincinnati Bengals a better football team. But that did play a factor about the The lack of chemistry, if you will, and practice time maybe and trying to get on the same page of Joe Burrow and everyone else that the Bengals were putting under center. And then the stat that we've talked about, and Paul Calvisi asked Green earlier today, the lack of catchable passes. 38 of 118 targets were labeled uncatchable, to which Green responded, there's a stat for everything, end quotes. And once again, He's not one to make excuses. I love his demeanor. He's very quiet and just focused in on what he is supposed to do within this offense. So, again, it's early, but I'm bullish on A.J. Green, especially because he's not coming in to be the savior or to be the guy. Cardinals already have that in the wide receiver room, and that's DeAndre Hopkins.
1: Well, and and this is not media-driven. When the quarterback comes out and says – People are falling asleep or sleeping on A.J. Green. That came from Kyler Murray. He's had a. He, they worked out in Dallas. They, they worked out in OTAs and, and mandatory minicamp. They're working out here. Now, is it a finished product? No. There's got to be a timing thing. When Kyler goes to the line, he's got to feel comfortable. But the fact that he could draw the second or third corner, um, that's fascinating. And they could move him around. Maybe they break the huddle and hops on one side and he's, the other guy's on the other. Some teams play corners just the sides of the field. Are they willing to take their number one corner and travel over to Hop? Because now Hop can draw the second or third corner. So it's a great dilemma to have. But this is not media-driven. This is not us drinking the Kool-Aid. This is coming from people that have been in the locker room with him and been on the practice field. And when it comes to Kyler Murray and he tells you he likes his weapons and don't sleep on A.J. Green, listen. And, again, the
0: first open practice is Friday. There is a list of 12 open practices here. You go to azcardinals.com for more information. You want to catch this Cardinals team in action, at least as far as practice is concerned. And, of course, you got the preseason and regular season. And, by the way, season and single game tickets are available right now. Go to azcardinals.com slash gametix. That's azcardinals.com slash gametix. All right, as we continue here on Cardinals, cover two presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. We said there were two players that have been impressed or impressive here through two practices AJ Green on offense and Robert Alford, as you pointed out, on defense. And I know what you're thinking, Bird Gang. Yes, we're talking about Robert Alford in training camp for the third consecutive training camp because I'll maintain, MJ, he was the best corner. Two years ago, he was the best corner last year in training camp, but unfortunately those two training camps ended with injuries to the point where he did not see the field again the rest of the regular season. And so far, through two practices, Robert Alford is making plays.
1: Craig, I mean, I just love love his demeanor. Um, You know, clearly the Cardinals uh, invested in him when they signed him uh, before free agency started from Atlanta. They penciled him as the number two corner, but – Uh, I know that everyone's excited about Byron Murphy, and he's only going to get better. Um, And and they're kind of similar players size-wise or physical at the line of scrimmage. But you just look at Alford. He's got this little look in his eye like, just get me to the regular season. And I really think the secondary, and and again, uh, when we talk about A.J. Green and Rondell Moore and Christian Kirk, I mean, Sometimes they're going against the second and third unit. Sometimes Colt McCoy's throwing the ball or Chris is throwing the ball. So it's it's not always a starting ones against each other. But I can say this, that secondary is coming together. I, Malcolm Butler's very vocal. Uh, we know he's going to be in good run support. He likes to press at the line of scrimmage. Advance, I think Vance is open based on uh, opposing personnel he, he'll play a little zoney if he has to to win some one-on-one matches or, or attack an area and then byron murphy and then you throw an alford and you know i haven't seen the quez de quez denard a lot but also they have um another corner from the panthers daryl morley yeah i keep forgetting is daryl morley he's going a little reps but uh, tay gowan was on the field today uh marco wilson was on the field um, and then you got guys like Chase Whitaker, who's he's trying to make a name for himself. Uh, Deontay Thompson looks a little bit bigger, even though he's behind Jalen Thompson. So I think we we, can, we were concerned when you looked at the offseason, how they're going to fill the cornerback spot out. What they've done is they went out and got four. They retained Alford. They signed Butler. Murphy is going to be a number one corner. They get Denard. Denard. Um, and then you look at the two draft picks. They've kind of got a mixture of veteran guys and then some young guys. And that's what it looks like right now. And I don't know how many are going to make the roster. I would assume five. And the thing about Denard, and, again, I, we'll see how much he's going to practice just over the next couple of days with the fans here, is he can play inside and outside. That gives you flexibility. And then Marco Wilson, I'm sure they want him to settle at one position, but he has the ability to play inside or outside. And then Chase Whitaker, he's maybe undersized, but he's really familiar with this defense. I think you got to put good talent around him. So they're creating depth. But I, I can see these guys when they come to the sidelines, they're talking. Um, you know, a scout told me they gave up a play a couple – I think it was yesterday um, in the afternoon session. And he noticed when they came to the sidelines, they were communicating. And nobody was pointing the finger. They're just like, okay, that's my spot. That, that's where you need to be. And that's what training camp's around. Make mistakes now where you can correct them and you know where your role is going into the season. So I think the coaching staff has been impressed with the veteran leadership they brought in here and the guys that they've obviously have had on the roster in the past.
0: You look at the numbers as far as the cornerback position is concerned. 11 on the roster, but I look at the list of names. There is just one name that played significant Reps, snaps, games, however you want to quantify it, wearing an Arizona Cardinals uniform last season. One player, MJ, out of those 11, that was Byron Murphy. Robert Alford, yes, he was around the team, but has not played. Malcolm Butler, a free agent addition. Darquez Dinard, a free agent addition. Daryl Worley, free agent addition. Marco Wilson, Tay Gowan, draft picks. So there was, I don't know if it was on purpose or just kind of played out based off the number of free agents that they had at that position going into free agency in March. But you can make a case, and it's maybe not even make a case, it's just a a definitive statement, an overhaul at the cornerback position with one player back from a year ago that played any amount of significant time on Sundays.
1: Yeah, and you start looking at uh, Darryl Worley. Um, He's got the nice beard, um, he's 6'1", Arms are 33 3 eighths. You get 34-inch arms at a corner, that means, yes, you can have tight coverage, but you also have the ball skills to put your arm out there to deflect a pass. And so I like his size, um, and, you know, he's got experience in the league. He's bounced around a little bit, but the fact is that he was available, and, you know, you look at it from that standpoint, I mean, I hate to say they're flooding the position, but they're going after veteran guys that have played in the league in different systems, and they're not just one-trick ponies. They only can play one position. Now, it's going to be interesting because the way that Butler and Alford and Murphy are playing, if this team is going to go base defense, just two corners. I wonder who's going to line up.
0: Well, we've already heard from Vance Joseph in the off season that Byron Murphy, it begins and ends with him. He is going to be on the football field if it's two corners, MJ, he's going to be on the outside if it's three, he's going to be on the inside. Now, that was in the off season. We'll see how that transpires in training camp and preseason games, but uh, I mean, I'll go back to the question that you asked the coach Joseph asking about the new faces, the depth, and he turned it around and said it begins and ends or starts with Byron Murphy.
1: It's a good dilemma to have. It's just you got Malcolm Butler's got a lot of experience in the way Alford's playing. I, I, again, I, personally, if teams want to go 11 personnel, three wide, that plays right into the Cardinals' hand. They can go with their nickel package, and that's the, that's probably going to be their strength when they have three corners on the field and then obviously get a, you know, in the front seven. So, yeah, I mean, it's a good dilemma, but kind of nitpicking there, but the key is they they have three to four guys now that you can feel comfortable with if they had to play over a period of time, and it all starts with the guys we have be just mentioning.
0: And one of those cornerbacks, Malcolm Butler, a guest this week on the Big Red Rage. If you happen to miss it, go to azcardinals.com, but here's a simple solution so you don't miss any of the Arizona Cardinals podcast: Subscribe either on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. That way you get your favorite shows on the go, Cardinals Underground, the Big Red Raids, the Cardinals Red Sea Report, and, of course, this show, Cardinals Cover 2. All information can be found on azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. Cardinals Training Camp powered by Cox. Cardinals Cover 2 here as well as we come to you from State Farm Stadium. Had a chance earlier also to hear from defensive coordinator Vance Joseph and a number of different topics I'm going to Uh, I've made no secret, MJ, about my affinity for Coach Joseph. I love hearing him speak because he makes it sound simple. And it's not simple, but for us novices to learn defense and the game of football, making it easier to understand is what Coach Joseph does. But a couple of key players that he was asked about, and I thought he had some interesting things to say, all at the linebacker position. One, let's start with the elephant in the room, and it might be that until we hear from him, and that is Chandler Jones. How happy is he? According to Coach Joseph, Jones is happy. He's in a good place. And we saw that during the run test, and we've seen that during practice during the open portion of practice you know this new hold in that we're hearing from teams across the league yeah you're not really happy with your situation your contract you're reporting so you don't get fined but all of a sudden there's a nagging injury so you're not on the football field that's not the case with Chandler Jones he's participating in drills he's participating in practice so maybe he is to Coach Joseph's words, in a good place.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I get a chance to where we stand a lot of times. It's the defensive drills where the offense is on the other side of the field, um, and he was um, on the stationary bike, and I walked by him, and and uh, I just, I mean, I quickly said, "Man, you look thinner, and you look in great shape." And he said, "I feel good. I mean, I, I just can't wait." So he's in great spirits, and it's nice to see the smile. But he he looks night and day from a year ago. And, again, he's looking for a contract extension. I guess that will all play itself out at some point. But right now the focus is just getting to week one. And, you know, if he puts up 15 to 17 sacks, and I don't know if that's a huge number based on what happened last year, but um, he's going to get a chance to get to the quarterback. And he's he's a, he's a load to, to try to cover on one-on-one. Even though they're not in full pads, it's more about technique and getting around the corner. But he – I'll tell you what, him, him and D.J. Humphreys, uh, they get their, their work in – when they're going against each other and sometimes you'll see them flip you know one thing that we talked uh that we're we'll into some advances stuff it sounds like sometimes we could see jJ and Chandler on the same side yes and I know that you know we talked to, with Bertrand and you kind of want to make those guys defend the entire front seven but I mean pick your poison who you? and then it doesn't mean he's got a line up there you can move him mid mid snap to where he's coming from some some other angle but I'm sure Vance is just licking his chops when it comes to what he can do with this front seven now that the secondary's kind of settling down. they got to prove it, though, over a period of time if they want to get to the quarterback.
0: And if he has all his pieces healthy, i.e. Jordan Phillips, and I'll throw in Devon Kennard as well, another player that Coach Joseph was asked about. Kennard, remember, certainly dropped off in the season a year ago, especially after he was on the reserve COVID-19 list. He only played... of the defensive snaps once over the final eight games. Something just wasn't right, and Kennard certainly put in a lot of work this offseason. According to Coach Joseph, Kennard is, quote, focused. And if you have Chandler Jones... Marcus Golden and Devon Kennard, your three outside linebackers. It's a good rotation. They all do something different, and Kinnard, I think, is a little bit more versatile in the fact that he can drop into coverage and also maybe set the edge as far as attacking the run a little bit better than the previous two that we mentioned. But if you can get Devon Kinnard, where this team hoped they had him a year ago when they signed him to that large free agent contract, then, yeah, you are set at outside linebacker.
1: Yeah, that's a good observation on your part. To me, he was the guy that was able to set the edge last year, and you know, uh, you know, he was starting in week one, uh, and he set the edge, and and then he got the COVID, and then all of a sudden Chandler goes down, they make the the, the move for Marcus Golden, so he kind of takes his spot, and then you get the development of Dennis Gardeck, and all of a sudden, you know, they're getting sacks from guys that they didn't think, you know, they they had double-digit players and just one or two sacks overall. And then you got Kylie Fitz who sets the edge. Um, So Kennard's look good. Looks like he's in perfect shape. Um, You know, people aren't going to talk about him because he's not going to get 12 sacks for you. But after Chandler Jones and Marcus Golden, he's the next man up until Garda gets here and they can move Isaiah Simmons around. I think Kennard looks good. And I got to say this I've been thoroughly impressed um, with Jordan Hicks. He runs, you know, usually. The 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 elder statesman runs the drill. When Larry is here, he'd always run the drill. Usually, young guys just follow what he was doing. Then you know your second, third year guys. Jordan Hicks is still running the inside linebacker drill. He is first in line bird gang so nothing has changed
0: at least for him as far as how he attacks his day-to-day work and that was the other linebacker that Vance Joseph was asked about and yes Hicks might have requested a trade in the off season but he is here and like Chandler Jones he's participating
1: and he looks good and right now you got to think um you know you got Collins and Simmons and I got to think you know you look at Tanner Vallejo and Jordan Hicks, those are gonna be your backups right now. Evan Weaver's on the roster. Again, Kylie Fitz is more of a, a an edge setter. Um, and then you got Zeke Turner who's more of a special teams player. But one thing that, that Vance said, now there's gonna be growing pains with Zavin and obviously Simmons. You don't hope you hope Simmons is more cut down because he's been in the league and he's more confident and comfortable. Um, but Vance did say, you know, they are they're going to anticipate some growing pains from both inside linebackers. And there could be a possession or two where, you know, Zavin's going to have a ton of things going on in his mind. And sometimes you just got to slow down. And, and, again, it's where the eyes are. Vance did admit, you know, We may put him on the sidelines for a possession or two. And, And he was asked, is it unusual to give a guy the starting job on draft night? He said it's not as unusual as you think in this league. And that's what they think of his upside. But don't fall asleep on Jordan Hicks. Great leader, smart, knows the defense like the back of his hand. He may not be the most athletic guy, but he always puts himself in position to make plays. I'm not saying there's going to be a rotation there. That's not the plan. But there will be some possessions where you're thinking, where's Zayvon Collins? You know, the 16th overall pick, Well, where you're saying the same thing last year about Isaiah Simmons. Sometimes in the fourth quarter, you want to make sure you have your playmakers on the field. And and Vance said that they have enough players on defense where everyone will have a role.
0: Yes. Paraphrasing. And the role for Jordan Hicks would be, be ready. Because, yes, they're going to let Collins make mistakes, play through those mistakes, to learn from those mistakes. But if there are too many mistakes or certain situations, you will see Jordan Hicks on the field. There is competition, and I did like that Vance Joseph did say, the best players will play. And this notion that things have been handed to Zabin Collins, he has been handed a starting job. Now, can he hang on to that starting job?
1: Big question. I mean, from the front office and the scouts and, and obviously the personnel department to Vance and even Billy Davis, because um, he's the inside linebackers coach, they're all comfortable with them. I mean, uh, I would like to know, like, true serum. Like, and it's, it's unfair this question, it's because probably shouldn't bring it up, but I will. You know, where was Isaiah Simmons last year in camp at this point? He had no offseason. They try to you know, slow play him at weak side. And then you give Zayvon Collins an entire offseason. Now, to me, Simmons should have a bigger impact early on. Over the course of the year, Collins will have that role. But they have been thoroughly impressed with, with Collins. J.J. Watt, um, just the defensive staff talking to Vance. He's done everything they've asked him to do. But you got to keep in mind, just he, he played at Tulsa. I'm not saying the game's a lot faster. Practices... You know, the speed of the game is a little bit when you put the pads on. Preseason gets a little bit higher. Regular season, it's it's a different animal. You're not going against third and fourth string guys. So, but they've been thoroughly impressed. There's no knock on him. It's just it's a big adjustment to go from Tulsa to playing in the NFC and the NFL, especially in the NFC West, where there's there's not any guys on scholarship.
0: Can you retain the information? Can you understand the different concepts? That's the term that Vance Joseph used that opposing offenses are going to show and how quickly are you able to adjust. That's not just for Zayvon Collins. That's for Isaiah Simmons as well. And in that aspect, Simmons might be a little bit ahead based off his reps from a year ago, but these reps throughout this entire offseason, training camp, preseason, are going to be invaluable for those two young players.
1: Correct. And and. And I like what their um, their way they're approaching it. I mean, usually you got to earn a job, but you know, I mean, last year they they went out and signed Devondre Campbell in free agency, and they had Jordan Hicks under contract, and Campbell was making like seven five, and so they weren't rushed to play him. And without a preseason and off workouts, I mean, he was swimming. And you know, we know his snap count it escalated a little bit more in the second half of the season than the first half. Um, but when you're at eighth overall pick, you got to be active on game day. You have to provide depth. you got to play on special teams. So it wasn't ideal. But um, I, I think Isaiah Simmons, you're, I, I don't know if it's a breakout season because that means he's going to have to fill up the stat sheet. I'm just saying he's got his swag back. I notice he's comfortable. He's confident. He's talking to guys when he comes to the sidelines. I mean, he's talking to his position coaches. And that's grasping what when you come off the field. What did I do right and what did I do wrong? Because next time I go out there, I want to get everything. Because mental errors will cost you a, a game on Sunday. L- listen, football is about blocking and tackling. But a lot of times, football is played above the above the shoulders. It's what's between the ears and how much you prepared for knowing what's coming your way.
0: Now, it hasn't all been roses here at Cardinals training camp powered by What do you Cox. mean? We're
1: in this loft?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, for we're us, it's in been. air
1: conditioning. We're getting lunch every day. I mean... This is like country club. I guess I shouldn't say that we're in training camp.
0: There have been some bumps along the way, and no, we did not bury any of this news. One, it's been already out there with respects to J.J. Watt, a sore hamstring that he suffered during the run test. He has not been a part of these early practices. Not a big deal, at least not for me. And then DeAndre Hopkins not at practice on Thursday, dealing with what Kingsbury termed a minor injury. So you're going to have these bumps and bruises, MJ. You just don't want to have anything major in training camp, and I'm okay, especially with the veterans sitting for practice or two. They know their body. They don't need some of these reps to a certain extent, and then it opens up the door for the younger players who do need these reps in training camp.
1: How about A.J. Green said they went they went to him and said, do you want a day off? And he said no. Yeah, he's he's a reps guy. That I know. Was, he I made know. that very clear. Okay, let's start with Watt. I know that people are going to roll their eyes or raise your eyebrows. I get it uh, based on the fact he's missed 32 games in the last five years. However, he did play 16 last year. We're talking about soreness in the hamstring, okay? It, this guy's been working around the clock. Sometimes you just got to back off. And he's learned that He basically what he told us yesterday, if this was two or three years ago, he's practicing. The team is saying, just t- let's be cautious here. It's soreness. And he said, listen, at this point in his career, it's about week one, September 12th. That doesn't mean he's going to miss a ton of t- time in training camp, but there's no reason to push him. And it's not like it's a long-term injury. It's it's hamstrings, they can linger. High ankle sprains can linger. Groings can linger. But he's getting treatment around the clock. He's attending meetings. He's st- still in the team hotel for the most part, I believe, even though some players can obviously go home. But I think his, his wife's uh, not in town right now. But what I'm getting at is he's around. It's not like he's hiding. So I get it. People raise their eyes. This is what happens when you sign guys over 30. But let me just caution you. It's July. And if this is happening during the season, it's fair. Fair game. Um, Everyone's hoping that he can play 17 games. But at the same time, though, there's no reason for him to come out here and look like Hulk Hogan and show that he's J.J. Watt, and he's got to practice every day, and he's just a tough guy. He's a tough guy, and he's a leader, and he plays physical. So get back to me during the season if you have any concerns. The magic
0: number, Bird Gang, is six. We are six weeks away from the start of the regular season, and in fact, a little over. Six weeks, September twelfth now if this is happening on September eighth that Thursday before week one, then you know maybe you're a little bit more cautious, but again, I do think that if there was a game to be played this Sunday, he would play. They're just being overly cautious because it's JJ watt that's a good
1: point, yeah, yeah, I mean like I said i people can think that they what they want, and i just I just say temperate um, but I know that. The perception is this guy can't stay healthy. Um, he played over 91% snaps last year, okay? That's a lot of snaps. That's almost close to 1,000, okay? He played in all 16 games. He got double-teamed 36% of the time. So uh, I'm not yelling fire in a theater. Um, it's just a perception where you bring him in. Um, but this is part of training camp. I mean, Dak Prescott got, got went and got an MRI. And, and I give the Cardinals credit because, you know, um, Cliff was – Cliff was supposed to talk, I think, on Friday, and then Vance today. But we didn't know we were getting JJ Watt. They brought him out. It would have been worse if JJ Watt. Somebody was reporting he's going to get an MRI. He was he he walked in the press room with no limp. Yeah. He stood on his, his he was standing on his legs. You. It was a fifteen minute press 15 conference minutes, too. So. And he, he was, was adamant, he t- yeah. like he was moving his arms around. I didn't see anything on his leg. Again, it's just it's it's soreness. And you got to make sure you you take care of your body. And, and maybe he was going balls to the wall before he got here because you could just see how – guys were – they were – I think it was Richard Lawrence yesterday told Correct. us. Correct. When they were in the weight room, they –
0: He's – yeah, J.J. Watts outlifting everyone, outrunning everyone. He's always in the lead, so <laughs> – yeah, it's it's one of those going back to Bruce Arians, you rather say, whoa, than sick him. And that's yeah. what J.J. J. Watt is. But And you have to pull him back a little bit. Yeah. And I think he is understanding that after 10 seasons yes. now going into year 11.
1: Like, I don't need to prove anything. I, I would love to be out there with my teammates. And, you know, they haven't started working on bat at balls. And he, he's, you know, he's excelled at that. He's kind of mastered it. And it's, a, it's really a craft. I don't know, and we'll figure it out in due time. Like, does he punch the lineman and like in the in the, in the side? Because you got to get your arms up, and it's all about anticipation. You you got to be a good rush passer, um, run stuff or a rush passer to get there, and then you put your arms up. And a lot of times, the lineman will punch you in the gut or in the ribs. So, and again. Um, it's funny, Vance didn't think Rashad Lawrence is going to get many of them
0: based off of uh, how tall <laughs> or lack feet. of height that uh, Rashad Lawrence is because you're talking about JJ Watt and his six foot five, and then
1: Jordan Phillips, six six, and then Zach Allen, six four and a half, six five.
0: Yeah, Rashad Lawrence, six two. Six, so, two. Man, well, yeah, he, you, maybe he's he, not out jumping in No, anyway. no,
1: but man, he's he's we didn't get a chance to talk to a lot of these guys last year. He's impressive
0: very impressive especially and I think a lot more comfortable talking about Richard Lawrence going into year 2 after basically you know a, a first year that was maybe half a year because there was no off season.
1: Yeah, just his demeanor and you know they they think he's got more than just being a, a nose tackler, or defensive tackle. I don't know if he can slide out, but I was listening to Buck earlier during the open portion and he was talking to Lucky and he's like Lucky, if you can just get this move, you will dominate with that club you have in your hand. Like, his hands are so big. So I know they're excited about those guys. And and Xavier Williams is another guy that they're intrigued by. But I definitely think they've upgraded that position. A lot's going to hedge on um, production and health when it comes to Phillips and, and obviously J.J. Watt.
0: The other issue that's crept into Cardinals training camp, powered by Cox, is COVID protocols. And this is something that we discussed earlier this week. It was going to be the number one storyline of training camp and all through the regular season. Protocols, the magic word, the buzzword, if you will. And Rodney Hudson, Justin Pugh, and Kelvin Beacham, three-fifths of your projected starting line in COVID protocols. Andy Isabella, Keyshawn Johnson, in COVID protocols what's that mean well they either tested positive or came in close contact with someone who tested positive very early in camp it's something we'll keep an eye on certainly not concerned when it comes to those three offensive linemen maybe a little bit for Isabella and Johnson just because it's now reps that they don't get that someone else is now taking, but something that not only are the Cardinals dealing with, but every single team across the National Football League, and that is trying to be as safest as possible. The good news, though, MJ, the NFL Network reported that the Cardinals are now among the teams with a 90% or better vaccination rate. Now, there's being vaccinated and then fully vaccinated. You need two doses plus two weeks, and you become fully vaccinated. So there is a little bit of wiggle room between now and the start of the regular season. And
1: you you just mentioned a a moment ago, right? Uh, Week one's a little over six weeks. Correct. So now listen, if you test positive and, you know, whether you're vaccinated or not, I mean, obviously symptoms are different, but you got to think you're asymptomatic. So I'm glad this is happening now than during week one, week two, where you're, all of a sudden you're missing Rodney Hudson, three-fifths of your offensive line. And, you know, these guys will make a decision, but I think the organization's done a great job um, bringing in the medical staff and, and obviously doing enough research, again, your body, your choice. But we're starting to see more players make that decision, uh, whether um, they wanted to get more information or – because, quite frankly, um do you want to get tested over 100 times a year? Do you want to get tested 15 times a year? I mean, that's your choice. And, again, your choice, your body, I get it. I'm, I'm not going to judge anybody by that. But I, I'm glad that guys are listening to, the, 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 to the, the medical staff and what the NFL has put out on how um, this could be – controlled to a certain extent. Again, I thought the NFL learned a lot of lessons last year about week five and six when we started having cancellation about tracing. Tracing's huge because now you can find out where the culprit is. And if you have three linemen, obviously something transpired there.
0: Certainly something to follow along. And a quick reminder, Bird Gang, open practices, the first one on Friday, another one on Saturday. And of course, for all of your information, go to azcardinals.com because you do need to to secure a ticket admission parking all free but you do need to do a couple of steps before you arrive here at State Farm Stadium and on that note let's put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals as always special thanks to our executive producer Jim Omohundro for Mike Jarecki I'm Craig realu we'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.